these recordings, and now it is recording for the podcast episode as well. Uh, so sorry about the a little bit of delay right now, but I want to say welcome. This is January 16. Welcome to the Walk with God podcast. I'm Caleb Arn, your host, and I want to say thank you for listening. Today we're going to read through Psalm chapter 14, Genesis 32, 13 through 34, 31, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, and Matthew chapter 11, verses 7 through 30. Before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer, please. Please join me, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the honor and the privilege of being able to read your word, to study your word, to grow from the teachings and the principles that are revealed through your word. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, to send laborers into your harvest because it is white with harvest. There are so many that seek you and want to know you, God, and know your salvation and your truth. Lord, please show us your truth through your perfect word, which is truth. Help us to learn from it today. Help us to make a decision to serve you with our hearts and minds, with our lives, Lord. Help us to do your will, God, and to honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Please speak to hearts. Amen. Okay, well, thank you once again for joining me. And let's go ahead and get right into the word. We're going to start with Psalm chapter 14. Psalm chapter 14. So if you will, please turn with me. Open your Bible and turn to Psalm chapter 14 tonight. This is uh, the first verse, a couple verses here are really good if you have somebody who is doubting part of the Word of God and is maybe have some atheist thoughts or ten, uh, tendencies in their mind or in their leanings and, and say, do you know what the Bible says that it has something to say about atheism? And right in the first few verses here, we can see that. So Psalm chapter 14 tonight, please look with me. And it says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people. Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Uh, one of my pastors, he said that, and uh, I believe that he's correct, that the, the, the word here is saying that the fool has said that in his heart there is no God, they are corrupt, they have an abominable works, so there's none that do it good, and there are, there's none that understand or seek God, um, seek God. they're all gone aside, they're all together become filthy, there's no that none that doeth good, and that... They say that there is no God because if they admitted that there was a God, then they would be accountable to him. That they would be accountable to a perfect and righteous judge who says that there is a right way and a wrong way 
in this life to live. There's a right way and a wrong way to seek salvation. There's a right way and a wrong way to receive that salvation. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about your daily steps in this life. And if they admitted that there was a God, they would have to then come face to face with a realization that either they are living and walking in that right way or the wrong way. And so I pose to you today, are you acknowledging that there is a righteous God who does judge and that points out that there is a right way and that we should live up to his call? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 32, please. Genesis chapter 32, verse 13 is where we're going to start. And it says, And he lodged there that same night, and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau his brother, two hundred she-goats, and twenty he-goats, two hundred ewes, and twenty rams, thirty milch camels with their colts, forty kine, and ten bulls, twenty she-asses, and twenty foals. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by themselves, and said unto his servants, Pass over before me, and put a space betwixt drove and drove. And he, excuse me, and he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau my brother meeteth thee, and asketh thee, saying, Whose art thou, and whither goest thou, and whose are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, They be thy servant Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my lord Esau, and behold, also he is behind us. And so commanded he the second, and the third, and all that followed the drove, saying, On this manner shall ye speak unto Esau when ye find him. And say ye moreover, Behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterward I will see his face, and peradventure he will accept of me. So when the present went over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company, and he rose up that night, and took his two wives, and his two women servants, and his eleven sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them, and sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is that? Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. And Jacob lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him four hundred men. And he divided the children unto Leah, and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And he passed over before them, and bowed himself to the ground seven times, until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes, and saw the women and the children, and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, The children which God hath graciously given thy servant. 
Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near, and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near, and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, What meanest thou by all this drove which I met? And he said, These are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother, keep that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. For therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God hath dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. And he said, Let us take our journey, and let us go, and I will go before thee. And he said unto him, My Lord knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me, and the children be able to endure, until I come unto my Lord, unto Mount, unto Seir. And Esau said, Let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, What needeth it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir. And Jacob journeyed to Succoth, and built him an house, and made booths for his cattle. Therefore the name of the place is called Succoth. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram, and pitched his tent before the city. And he bought a parcel of a field, where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for an hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar, and called it El Elohe Israel. Chapter 34 And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her, and lay with her, and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel, and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah his daughter. Now his sons were, were with his cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. And Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and they were very wroth, because he had wrought folly in Israel in laying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. And Hamor communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you, give her him to wife. And make ye marriages with us, and give your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you. And ye shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade ye therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said unto her father, and, un <clears throat> and Shechem said unto her father, and unto her brethren, let me find grace in your eyes, and what ye shall say unto me, I will give. Ask me never so much dowry and gift, and I will give according as ye shall say unto me, but give me the damsel to wife. And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father deceitfully, and said, Because he, hath, he had defiled Dinah their sister, and they said unto them, We cannot do this thing, to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you, if you will be as we be, that every man of you be circumcised, then will we give our daughters unto you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then we will 
Then will we take our daughter, and we will be gone. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. And the young man deferred not to do the thing, because he had delight in Jacob's daughter, and he was more honorable than all the house of his father. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came unto the gate of their city, and communed with the men of their city, saying, These men are peaceable with us. Therefore let them dwell in the land, and trade therein, for the land, behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only herein will the men consent unto us, for to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us be circumcised, as they are circumcised. Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them, and they will dwell with us. And unto Hamor and unto Shechem his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of his city. And every male was circumcised, all that went out of the gate of his city. And it came to pass on the third day, when they were sore, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword, and came upon the city boldly, and slew all the males. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah out of Shechem's house, and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain, and spoiled the city, because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, and their oxen, and their asses, and that which was in the city, and that which was in the field, and all their wealth, and all their little ones, and their wives took they captive, and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, Ye have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I, being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me, and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, Should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? Wow. What a, a crazy thing to have to deal with. And yet we see the reality of the life stories of the patriarchs, of the people that came from Jacob, from, I, from Isaac, and from Abraham, where they come into the land. And Jacob, returning unto the land, bows unto Esau, his brother, his older brother, and presents him gifts. And the, Esau runs and falls on his neck, and they, uh, they greet each other as brothers, not as one that was about to kill the other or that was plotting the death of the other, but as family. But also realizing, and Jacob kind of separating and keeping his family separate from Esau, that there still might be that, that difference between them, that Esau might not be serving God with all of his heart, as Jacob is beginning to do. But then also that problems will arise, trouble will come, persecution and trial and testing will come. Jacob's daughter, one of his only daughters, uh, it's named in scripture, Dinah, is uh, essentially raped and that either raped or maybe consensually, but out of wedlock. And they say that this thing should not be done. And Jacob doesn't make a stand. He doesn't make a, a he doesn't take the step of leadership and make a decision of what should be done about this immediately. And so his sons take that authority and upon themselves to make a decision and make a stand for something. And so this is not, this is not giving murder or revenge, any type of authority or position of righteousness 
but it is accurately recording what those two sons chose to do. And also recording that Jacob, if he could, if he would have made the decision to rebuke these people and either to withdraw his daughter from this agreement or to speak unto his sons and make this agreement solid or to uh, protect his daughter and say that they are going to leave this area now, then he might have been able to prevent this, but we, we will never know. And so we have to make a decision that we are going to take the lead in hard times and make the, the hard decisions when it comes time to, because no decision is still a decision as well. Turn with me, if you will, please, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 20, um, 19 through 20. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. And we see, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. We see that the Lord hath founded the earth. The foundations of the earth are laid by his very hands. And uh, in Colossians 1, we see that he holds all things together. And here in Proverbs 3.20, we see that even the clouds drop down the dew by his knowledge and by his establishment of the rain, of the depths, of the waters, of all of the earth. If we turn now to Matthew chapter 11, we'll turn to our last portion of reading for the day. Matthew chapter 11, please. This has been a real blessing to me. I hope it has been to you. And it came to, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 7 is where we're going to start and read to verse 30. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what, what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He hath a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. 
For if the mighty works which were, have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Wow. What an amazing promise. That if we come to Jesus and take his yoke upon us, that his yoke, think of a yoke. This is a, an instrument and a tool that is set on the shoulders of an ox or of a horse or of a, a donkey, of some farm animal, for them to pull and to plow and to pull carts and to work hard in labor. But Jesus is saying that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that if you come to me, you will find rest unto your souls. How many times in this world are you working like crazy? How many times in this world are you getting into difficult relationships, even with your family or with your friends, with your loved ones, with your coworkers? And there's just so much strife and anguish and problems and it just wears on you so very much to the point where it feels like it's rending your soul or it's scratching and damaging your soul and it's just wearing it out. And it feels like your soul is just, it has chips and cracks and covered in dust and ashes because it, it just feels like it's so neglected sometimes or it's so tormented sometimes. But Jesus says, come unto me, all of you that are labor, that you labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will give rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If we come to Jesus, we keep Jesus, our focus, we look unto him, and we keep our focus on him, and we keep his word in our hearts and in our lives each day, we will find rest for our souls we will find healing for our souls as that constant influx of his peace, of his joy, of his spirit, of his presence, of his word comes into us. We see that, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of John the Baptist, we learn here that this is the spirit of Elias. Speaking of Elijah, speaking of the prophecy that the spirit of Elijah would come um, spoken of in Isaiah, that he would come and he would prophesy the coming of the Lord. When John was speaking in the wilderness, calling unto people, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was prophesying that this was 
the spirit of Elijah come on John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare for the Messiah, who was coming, who was Jesus, who did come in John's time. What an amazing explanation. We And here we have also that people that are, were criticizing John are also criticizing Jesus. They're never going to be happy. Critics will never be happy. They will always criticize. And so we can't listen to the critics because they're just going to bring forth more criticisms. That is their fruit. If you think of the, the good tree that Jesus was explaining about a couple of chapters ago in his explanations and his, his teachings, that a good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Somebody who has the Spirit of God living inside of them and brings forth the good fruit of the Spirit is bringing forth love and joy and peace and long-suffering. They're bringing forth all these good things into their life and into others' lives. But those that are of a bad tree bring forth bad fruit. They bring forth things like strife. They bring lasciviousness. They bring pride. They bring haughtiness and scorning. And so we see that wisdom here explained by Jesus is a justified of her children. And uh, they even criticized Jesus, saying, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, because he didn't fast, and because his disciples didn't fast. And we see that uh, he then begins to rebuke the cities, even, that he was working in, saying, If these works, if these miracles had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented in dust and ashes. But in you, they're done in plain sight, in the daytime, for everyone to see, and... Nobody's repenting. Nobody's turning from their sin and turning to God. And so he's rebuking these cities for that. We need to listen to the Lord's rebukes. And we need to come unto him. We need to hear what he wants us to do in our lives. And then we should look to his promise as well. That take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you for listening today. Friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then please make the decision that you're going to know him, that you're going to get to know him. If you, if you still have doubts in your mind, then you can email me, write me, let me know if you need more information. If you just want a simple uh, a straightforward, clear way to understand who God is and how you can be saved, please let me know. I'd love to make either a video for you that you can just click on the link or to have a, a live chat with you or to just explain the, <clears throat> the main things that you need to know that everyone's a sinner, that there's a price, which is death, physical death and spiritual death in hell for our sin but that Jesus Christ paid that price already when he went to the cross and died on the cross, but then resurrecting on the third day, bringing brought forth and ascending into heaven, claiming his godhood, he offers eternal life freely to anyone who would accept it. If only you will call upon his name, ask him to be your Lord and Savior, your repent of your sin and turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. That is the definition of repenting, turning from all of everything else, of the entire world of sin and turning to Jesus. That is repentance. 
and trusting in him, calling upon him to be your Lord and Savior, to ask you for his forgiveness, and to ask for his salvation. And he will offer to you eternal life as a free gift. God bless you tonight. God keep you. Let me know if I can be of any assistance. WWGCaleb at gmail.com. WWGCaleb at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you if you want to reach out to me. Um, God bless you, and I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye.